Welcome to my Dream Log Cabin podcast, where we are keeping the dream alive by sharing stories of people who have achieved their dream of living in a log home. It seems now more than ever, people are longing to live remotely, or at least semi-remotely, which is why we are offering this show filled with inspiration, encouragement, and insider tips to help you live the log cabin life. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share. And most of all, always remember these important words offered by Albert Einstein. Never give up on what you really want. The person with big dreams is more powerful than one with all the facts. Now let's dig in. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of My Dream Log Cabin Podcast. I'm so excited for our special guest today, Stuart. I've been waiting a long time to get him on the podcast, and today he finally is doing it. Um, Stuart's our in-house designer here at Caribou Creek, and recently I leaned on him for some guidance in writing a new blog for our website. I asked him what his ideas would be, and he immediately said... We need to help people plan out their home better and have a better time frame. So we came up with five tips to plan ahead for your dream home, and today we're going to dive into those. So Stuart, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Good to be here. Um, so today, our first tip, let's just dive right into it, I think, and I think you have a lot of stories you can add to help people really visualize how these tips will help them, but number one is to be clear. I think that was one of the first things you said to me was, you know, it really helps when people are very clear about their project and their vision. And even better yet, if they have like Pinterest pins or pictures that they can bring visuals. Um, But you elaborated on that. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it helps a lot if people do some preliminary research before getting into home design. Now, I understand a lot of times people aren't quite sure what they want and that's that's part of my job as a designer is to help them figure that out but doing a little research to figure out what your needs are and um, like the, the the stuff that you that's essential to your project super critical to figure out before you before you start design and some of that you know some of that will change as the design progresses but it, it's really helpful to, to have a basis to start from. So tell me, where would you encourage people to start their research? So like you said, Pinterest is great. I personally don't know how to use Pinterest, but um, being able to collecting images of things you like to see and then being specific about what part of that image you like. So if you hand me a picture of a castle, I'm going to assume you like a castle unless you actually specify that you like the arched windows in that castle. Yeah. And so so it's not enough just to have a picture. I need to know what about that picture that you like. Okay. And so would you say that maybe having like a portfolio or even drawing out a, a mock-up floor plan is helpful for you? Or is that just, is that a little bit of a waste of time? No, I think that's great. Um, anything to, to jumpstart the design process um, and to get a basis to start from um, is super beneficial. So how does that help the time frame? Like, can you give us some examples of maybe uh, a good example of somebody who came in and was very clear about what they wanted and how did that expedite things for them? Right, so yeah, we did a project here, um, what was it, last year, I, I believe that the gentleman had been designing his dream retirement home for the last 
I don't know, 15 years or something like that. And he had every piece of this project pretty much figured out already. And that's pretty, that's kind of an extreme case. He had pretty well figured everything out beforehand, but it was very beneficial to fulfilling that vision, I guess, mm -hmm. because he had, he knew what he wanted right from the get go. There was no guesswork. Um, there was a lot of details we had to fill in and, and stuff because he obviously never designed a log home. But being able to help him achieve that vision was, was really nice. It was awesome. I'm, I'm familiar with that project. I remember he had been told he couldn't have that house by other log home builders. And we said, yeah, yeah. we could do that. Yeah, it was, there, was a challenge, there were some challenges. We had to work some things out um, that, that he, you know, he wasn't familiar with how a log home gets built. And so there was a few things that we had to had to change a little bit, but overall we were able to keep that, keep the aesthetic he was looking for. Nice. And then what, do you have any good stories of maybe somebody who just came to the table with no clue and <laughs> <laughs> right, you're like uh, more, more than I should, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, specific examples, not necessarily. Um, but I have had, you know, I've had clients who were pretty much all over the charts as far as what they wanted. They didn't know, you know, they didn't even know what style they liked, whether it was round log or timber frame. I mean, and that's a pretty drastic switch, um, not only from a design standpoint, from an aesthetic standpoint. Most people have a pretty clear preference as far as what they're looking for. And so, you know, those types of things, um, you know, if you're if you're making the investment, a sizable investment to build a log home, um, you owe it to yourself to to do a little research beforehand and make sure you're going to end up with with what you really want. Well, that's good advice. Okay, so tip two is to share your budget early, and we talk about this in the blog because we find that often people are very reluctant to share their budget. I don't know what they're thinking. I guess trying to protect themselves from having to spend every penny that they have, which I totally appreciate. Um, but sometimes it can actually be a detriment rather than a help. Um, do you find that to be the case as well? Yeah, so I can sympathize with that because I'm the world's worst tightwad and <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't like sharing what my maximum budget is because I'm hoping to come in below that. Um, the issue that you fall into then is that a lot of people have don't really have a realistic expectation of what that budget can buy them. What happens is I'll have somebody in here and I and and they give me, you know, I like this, I like this, I like this. This is what I want. But without a budget to base that on, you know, I can draw what you want, but whether you can afford it is a different question. Have you have we ever had that happen where, you know, somebody just said, don't worry about it, just build it. And then, you know, we bid it out and it was like, oh, my stars, I can't. There's no way. What oh, yeah. 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 I had one a few years ago that the budget, you know, had, as drawn with everything that they wanted, they pretty much were twice of what what their budget was. And, you know, it happens on a on a lesser. That's pretty extreme, but it happens on a lesser scale quite a bit. And that's, that's a normal part of the process because at that point we can then take the plans and value engineer them to, to meet the budget. We'll cut certain elements out um, to bring that, that overall cost down. But only if it's close, right? I mean, 
Right. Like you have to kind of have a target number to start with, at least. Yeah, there's a certain there's a certain level at which drastic changes need to be made. I think that happened recently, didn't it? Where we designed a home. It was dovetail and gorgeous. They loved it. They were just absolutely in love with it. But no matter what we did, we just couldn't get it in under budget, and we had to redesign the house. Is that? Yeah, yeah. And that was part partially going back to the first thing we talked about as far as clear expectations of knowing exactly what style we need to follow. I'm hopeful for that project. I think it's, I really like the end result. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, but that, that's a case in point, you know, knowing exactly what you want and what's important to you and having a realistic expectation of what you can afford. Yep. And I think more or less what we want to like, impress upon people is the time savings because let's talk back to that same project you know those people are really ready and they're already they're already working on their site um, they would love to start building now if we could and the thing holding it up is design because they, it just didn't come in the way it needed to the first time but maybe had we really gotten through that budget aspect of it initially it would have been a little easier to do your first draft closer in alignment with where their budget was at but they, they were not very clear. I mean, they kind of gave us a, a, a vague impression of what that could be like. And then it, we ended up, what, a quarter of a million over what they wanted to be, roughly? Yeah, some of it was about 25% over. Yeah. So, I mean, we were able to work it out. And that's, what's, that's yeah. always going to be the case. But when people are on a deadline and they really want something to move, especially right now, and I think I forgot to mention that in the beginning, that's you know, what motivated us to do this is people are coming out of the woodworks looking for, I want my house built this summer. I want a 2021 house, but they, they don't have plans. They don't have a contractor. In some cases, they don't even have land, right. <laughs> you know? Right. And, you know, building a house is not really a, a good spur of the moment <laughs> decision. That's, right. a, that's a, it's a process for sure. Yeah. Okay, so step three is to get the plans done. I think that's something that we see often. Uh, people want to get an idea of how much the house is going to cost, and, and a general idea is one thing, but to get a specific price and to really be accurate in that, there's so many things that go into that price beyond the log package. Um, you know, Right. This is where it kind of gets a little bit difficult is because it's hard to get nailed down a price without a plan, but it's hard to plan without knowing price. Mm -hmm. And so this this is kind of a back and forth dynamic to a certain extent. And that's why you're better off taking more time with the plan. So you have some time to to go back and forth and say, um, you know, this, this option is going to cost me too much. Uh, let's rethink this. And that's going back to the expectation and knowing what you can afford, knowing how to get to that point. You know, right now is every competent designer that I know of is booked up. And architects are busy, the contractors are busy. Yeah, it's not a, even the design part of building your house is not a spur of the moment thing right now. Mm -hmm. And on that point too, I think also knowing the layout of the land is important. So definitely have land. I think that's got to be a must before you could start designing. But I know, didn't you recently go out to a property and you kind of were scouting around and the client had a vision for where they wanted the house, but after you were there, you were kind of like, no, how about we put it over here, right? Yeah, so, and that's, that's important to know 
Um, I think it's good to get a second opinion and maybe a, a different perspective. And especially if there's any kind of excavating or clearing to be done on the property. You know, a lot of times you you remove some trees and you you work some stuff up and you'll decide, oh, over here's a better spot. And that, that happens pretty regularly. This this particular project was, you know, there's there's driveway access right to a location where, you know, it would kind of make sense to build a house, but after walking the property a little bit I and thinking about what they wanted, you know, just moving it a couple hundred yards over and the view was so much better. That's a little more back off the road. Um, and I think it's, I think it's going to be a much better build site. Yeah. And then on that note, you know, getting the plans done, one thing we've run across is customers who come in and they'll say things like, oh, well, I can't get a contractor to talk to me or, you know, some of them don't even call me back. But, it, you know, here's a little insider secret for anybody who's listening. The, the truth is a lot of contractors are at a place where they only want to deal with, they're giving their attention to, may I say that, um, clients who are ready to build, meaning they have plans, they have something that the contractor can actually bid on. And so you'll find that once you get the plans done and you were to call back those same contractors and say, hey, I've got plans, I'd like you to bid on them, you're going to get a lot farther. So that is our insider secret there uh, to help you kind of keep your project moving right now. Um, and then the other number four tip we want to talk about is to research your team early. You know, we, we go into this a lot deeper in our blog. We have a whole blog about researching the team and who you should have on your team. Um, I guess we should probably make that a podcast at some point. But the, the starting out point is to research your team early. So you want to be, make sure you're investigating, <laughs> I guess is the right word, who you want to be your log builder, who you want your contractor to be. And here's the insider secret. Not all good contractors are listed online. And a lot of times you cannot really tell how good a contractor is just by their online presence. So the truth of the matter is some of the best guys in the business, they do most of their work through word of mouth. So they don't have to have a web presence. In fact, some of the connections that we've made all across the country, this is true all across the country, are guys that you could not find almost anywhere. Right. That's that's a really good point. You know, the it's only in the last 10 to 20 years that having a website is even a thing, especially in the building industry. And a lot of contractors, it's not a techie job. And so if they're busy, they don't care. And so what happens is most of these guys, the, the best contractors are primarily recommended by word of mouth. They don't, they don't rely on the Google Juice and other website <laughs> stuff that that um, other companies do. Yeah. Because yeah, well, why would they? They're they have enough. They have more than they can do right now, um, just by word of mouth. And really, word of mouth is is some of the best recommendations. Mm -hmm. um, and so doing that research is pretty critical. And it's going to be take more than just googling contractors in my area. You'll get a list of contractors, but I mean, let's face it, anybody can make a, a nice looking website and put pretty pictures on it. Or pay to play on places like House or exactly. whatever, yeah. Exactly, and and they're good tools, stuff like that, House, um, Google, whatever, it's good tools and you can get a lot of reviews on on 
different people, but the best is absolutely word of mouth. Talk to local businesses, uh, lumberyards, etc. Find out who they recommend. Ask land and, brokers and yeah, realtors. Yeah, land brokers, realtors are a good resource for that. There's some there's some footwork that that needs to happen there more than just looking something somebody up online. Mm -hmm. Now at Caribou Creek, I know if you were to bring us a list of contractors, we would be happy to uh, communicate with them and see what their familiarity is with log projects. And often we pick up some of the pieces for contractors who maybe haven't done a log home before, but maybe they specialize in custom homes. Um, you know, we can dive into more of that or give us a call. We can talk to you more about that because it's not really what we're trying to talk about today, but it's definitely something that I think would be a value and, and help, especially if you're just now starting to find contractors. I've been, I've gotten a couple calls just this last month um, of people who are begging me to tell them who's a good name. Right. You know. And it's you know you cannot possibly overthink getting your contractor. The contractor really is the person who's gonna who's gonna make your house come together. Uh, at the end of the day, you can have a perfectly designed home. Uh, you can have your perfectly built log package and everything, all the pieces in place, but your contractor can still mess it up if he's incompetent. Yep. And so getting a good solid contractor with some experience and that's good at his job, I think that's that's super critical. That's probably yeah. one of the most important pieces of the puzzle. I agree. Okay, well our last tip is to uncover the earth. So. Basically, what we mean by that is to know what is going on under the, underneath the topsoil. Um, oftentimes, it, it doesn't, I guess it's not often, but sometimes what can happen is people will get ready to build, they'll have their design, they'll have their team ready, and their, their schedule is set. And then the excavation starts, and all of a sudden it's determined that the house is on a bunch of rocks or um, a floodplain, and there's permit issues, or all kinds of different variables that can not necessarily halt production altogether, but can delay it very much. And so when it comes to, you know, making sure your project is staying on in a timely fashion, there's significant things that you can do ahead of time that can help make sure that is taken care of. So, you know, if you already own your land, getting a percolation test done is a great way to see what you're looking at underneath. Um, and I know even getting your contractor to walk the property with you or getting an excavation company to just come out and do a test sample, those are all some good things to do. Um, for anybody who's just searching for land, they're not quite ready to uh, buy it and, th and they don't want to invest in the percolation test or all those things, sometimes then that's when just having a contractor walk it with you is the best step you can do to, to kind of get at least an idea of what you're looking at. Because the last thing you want to do is get ready to start thinking you're moving in in the summer and then find out it's going to be even later. So it's just a good good word to the wise. Yeah, so... That, and that kind of goes back to the, the research aspect and doing your homework before you start the design. I mean, you can, you can do a design and you can make anything work anywhere with enough money. <laughs> but, you know, the, there's issues that you can run into on, on the site prep as far as what's buildable, where, you know, if there's a, we're in a mountainous region and so some of the sites that we work with, you'll, you'll end up hitting a solid piece of granite and you're not going anywhere without dynamiting it. And so that can really throw a wrench in the gears as far as, you know, if you're planning for a walkout basement or something like that. Um, another thing, like you said, the floodplain or if you're close to a swamp, whatever, we've got some of that type of deal around here too. And, you know, that, 
that takes some special consideration for the foundation and so forth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So those are all some good tips to help you keep your dream home on schedule. Um, if you're looking to talk to one of our log consultants, please reach out to us. Uh, the number here is 1-800-615-1156. And uh, also check us out at www.caribucreek.com. Thanks for tuning in and have a great rest of your week. See ya. Hey friends, if you haven't done so already, it sure would mean the world to us if you would please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, we're always looking for people who are willing to share their story of how they attained the log cabin dream. Visit us at mydreamloghome.com and contact us about coming on the show. Thanks again for listening.